Can we inoculate against peer pressure? This is Rabbi Yitzchak Price with another episode of Tachlis Talks, growth-oriented, partial-related Torah podcasts. We are up to the Torah portion of Vayechi, the final parsha of the book of Bereshis, the book of Genesis, the portion in which Yaakov Avinu, our ancestor Jacob, is giving his final blessings to his sons and two of his grandsons. Yosef has presented his own sons, Menashe and Ephraim, and Yaakov blesses them, and he blesses them that they should be the source of blessing. They should be the source of blessing for Jewish boys throughout the millennia, and to this very day, Jewish fathers, grandfathers, teachers, when blessing boys, girls have a distinct blessing related to the matriarchs, but boys, the most common blessing is, may you be made to be, may God make you to be, like Ephraim and Menashe. Why? Like these two. Not Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Not Levi and Judah. Ephraim and Menashe. Various answers are suggested. The work Eved HaMelech by Rabbi Shulman Hamaner suggests something along the following lines. What were the odds that these two young men could grow to be the type of grandchildren that Jacob would have great nachas in, that he would have to take great pleasure in. The type of grandchildren that Jacob would say, this is exactly what I'm looking forward to. I want all of my heirs, my descendants, to be like these two. I mean, think about it. Who are their classmates? These boys, Ephraim and Manasseh, are being raised in Egypt, a land that's a pagan land that is enamored with the occult, with all types of sorcery and black magic, and these two kids, Ephraim and Menashe, being raised by Yosef, probably without any clear external Jewish trappings, but being raised to be monotheistic, to believe in the one God, to be raised to dismiss the black magic of Egypt, to dismiss the messages of the astrologers and understand that ultimately God prevails. And even if, in fact, astrology may give some type of an understanding of what's happening, that's not the true determination. Who are their peers? Who are their classmates? What was the society like? This Egyptian, promiscuous, most promiscuous of societies, and they managed to remain distinct, elevated, distinguished in that environment, and to be the type of children that Jacob say, this is what I want to see of all of my destiny. All my descendants shall look like Ephraim and Manasseh. They are elevated to the ranks of being tribal leaders of the Shiv The tribes are described not simply as the tribes of Israel, but the tribes of God. And two of those 12 are Ephraim and Manasseh. Standing for what's right, standing out in the crowd, not being concerned with the fact that others aren't doing this. This is not what's cool. It's not what's trending. That is an important trait, and we are told to bless our children with this trait. We're told to highlight this, to value this to such a degree that this becomes a primary declaration to our own children. But can we really develop the capacity to stand up and stand out. Peer pressure is very strong. Kids, teens, it's a well-known fact that teenage boys particularly 
drive worse when there are other teens in the car and the numbers grow, it's just actually pretty concerning how much more likely they are to take risk because there's another teen in front of whom they want to show off because that's what's considered cool. And that impacts driving, drinking, it impacts so many other negative elements, but it's not just teens. I came across a statistic recently that adults age 55 and older, you'd think by then, maybe somewhat mature, 55 and over, you would think by then having a sense of confidence, a sense of independence, I know who I am, 20% of adults age 55 and older, at least in this particular study, indicated that peer pressure was a determinator of their, at times, drinking more than they felt they should be drinking. That means I'm doing something that I recognize could be either a health risk, potentially a hazard, if I'm concerned that I'm now getting into a car, whatever the factors are, that there was a point at which I would not be drinking more except as a result of the fact that there's some type of a peer pressure. Pretty concerning. 20%, 55 and older. We need to have the capacity to be confident that once we know what is right and we are intending to do what's right, that we don't drop doing what's right due to the fact that it's not societally endorsed. We need to develop the conviction that once I know what is wrong, I won't yield and cross that red line due to societal pressures and the urging of peers, whether uh, vocal or otherwise. How do we inoculate? One step would be this very blessing, teaching our children what it means and why we're giving this blessing and what Ephraim and Menashe were all about and how much more difficult it must have been for them than any of us. Okay, yeah, sometimes in your classes, a few kids who are doing X, Y, or Z, there was nobody in the Ephraim and Menashe classrooms. You know, when they grew up in Egypt, they had no peers, no friends, no buddies, no cousins, nobody who was maintaining a Yosef type of philosophy. And yet they stood firm. By paying attention to the blessing that we're giving, perhaps we can better inoculate ourselves. Remind ourselves that this is meaningful. Remind ourselves that it's not limited to the kids. There's a message I need to hear when I'm articulating this blessing for myself as well. There was a um, famed school of Musser, of self-development in Europe, a system of schools, actually, of many, many schools, a whole network uh, under the banner of Navardic, based on the city of Navardic, uh, although this has spanned many, many towns, where they would do various behaviors and various practices to learn to dismiss other people's reactions. That I can learn to do what I'm supposed to be doing and not be in any way affected by others. I can learn to avoid doing what I shouldn't be doing and not be affected and drawn in by others. And they would do what we may today consider to be rather extreme behaviors of walking into a hardware store and asking for some food or walking into the, into the bakery and asking for a hammer and nails and expecting that there probably would be some type of ridiculing of the students. Like, hey, guys, what's up with that? But, oh, okay, sorry, but I, I can handle ridicule. 
Now, if you were a hardware store owner in Novartic, you probably, after a while, were used to people coming in and asking you for the, for the butter. But they would find some way to do behaviors that would have people ridicule them and learn to build up an immunity to that ridicule. Now, I'm not necessarily recommending that, but perhaps there's something we can be doing that would borrow from that, and that's visualization. If we recognize we're about to be in an environment where we're going to need to do something that's different than those around us, or where those around us are going to be doing something that we don't want to be doing, we're in an environment that others are drinking a little too much or a lot too much, to visualize that in advance and visualize the, hey, come on, what's with you? Hey, you're out of touch, not joining the, the team, that we're going to do something that's not what's currently cool or trending uh, and visualize ourselves. You know, those of you who've ever um, been in a situation where you're doing your morning prayers with a talus and tefillin in an airport, and actually I used to actually have the sense that when doing so, you're getting all these stairs. I don't know, last time or two I did it, I really don't think I got any stairs. People just <laughs> also kind of cut up with what they're doing and getting maybe, maybe some quick glances. But but to, to, if we're going to be in a situation that we're doing something that stands out, I don't want to do this because it feels off and the others around me are going to think that something strange with me, perceiving in advance that, hey, how bad was it? How devastating was it? How ultimately damaging was it that they thought ill of me? Hey, if you're being booted out of a crowd that are doing things that are wrong, ultimately that's in your best interest. And... If it's unlikely, this is going to sever your ties with the entirety of society. There have been times in history that we, as Jews, have had to maintain practices that really were not acceptable by others. There have been times, unfortunately, that those who are more observant did practices that other Jews made, uh, you know, treated as acts of worthy of their ridicule and denouncing it, and really almost at times banishing people from subsets of society, or actually I shouldn't say almost, there have been times it really was banishment from community, because communities were so distant and detached, but I would tend to bet that the majority of times that we stand firm, we earn more respect than ridicule. The ridicule may be more pronounced, those who are giving the ridicule may be the type of people that find their need to be more expressive about it, and the people who internally respect our decision may, by definition, be the ones who aren't loud and boisterous. But if we really think through various situations in life, we can probably find this to be the case, that the doing what was right ultimately not only was right, but it allowed one to maintain recognizing themselves as being right and not having to feel guilty and feeling like a failure of having given in, and it ultimately was recognized by a large enough percentage of the peer group. It was ultimately recognized by a large enough percentage of the society as being right, that, hey, why would I ever have wanted to give in on this in the first place? Ephraim and Menashe stand out as paradigms we're not basing our lives by the society around us. We're not letting the peer group that surrounds us dictate what our lives will look like, what our behaviors should be like, what our theology should be. 
you're going to remain above it and distinct. And learning to appreciate that, learning to teach our children to appreciate this, can hopefully give us the internal conviction, the pride in standing firm for that which is ultimately correct, which, by the way, as we've talked before, always does demand boosting our education so we know what's correct. Checking in with our, our, our sages, within our teachers, within our rabbis, to verify what is correct in a certain environment. But once we know what's correct, standing firm for that, we will be the type of people who ultimately are bigger people, are more confident people, are more independent people, and the type of people will be far more likely to achieve Eratopolis.